0: Well, wait a minute, not this week, because this is a solo show. This is a special year-end step into my office, your questions from the mailbag show. So there's no enlightening guest except for you and the interaction that you and I have as I take a look at your question, and I am very glad you're here. Before we get started, you can keep up with all my shenanigans, the stuff I'm interested in, the stuff I'm looking at, what I'm reading, what jigsaw puzzle, I'm doing what's on the needles with my knitting, all that stuff's on inter- Instagram and Facebook. And you can find me there where I'm at fog city psychic. And if you follow the hashtag out of the fog radio, that also that gets you all that stuff. And it also gets you the video card of the week posts and other stuff as I just put it up there. So that's fog city psychic on Instagram and Facebook. And my website is KarenHager.com. because we're coming to the end of the year. Private intuitive sessions and gift certificates are 20% off until January 1st. You can use that discount to book sessions anytime out into the next year. But as my, it's such a small way to say thank you for the connection that we share and for the way we learn from each other. Please use that discount when you're booking your stuff for the next year. Now, then, with this special solo episode, I wanted to just kind of make a big, strong cup of tea and answer your questions that pop out of the mailbag. I've got questions in front of me about how I find guests for the show and how I stay so positive and upbeat, which kind of cracks me up because I'm an actual real person, not always positive and upbeat about psychic development and a lot more. So let's just dig in and see where we go. I think the first thing I want to take a look at is just is a kind of a basic question about how I, as Karen, receive intuitive information. So in my practice as a professional intuitive, I do more than twelve hundred private sessions a year. That means every month, I don't know how I got so lucky. And this certainly isn't what I thought I was going to do when I was growing up. But every month I get to talk to a hundred or more people and share intuitive space with them. Listen to what's on their heart feel into what they're going through, what might be next, what might be something that they're able to shift to change the path. And so a listener wrote in, how do you receive information? Do you see here? Is it a physical or intuitive perception? What does it feel like? Well, one of the things I like the most about doing this work is that the way I receive intuitively can be different based on who I'm talking with. So when I began, I'm going to have to back way the heck up. When I started to be aware of my intuitive ability, I was just a little tiny kid and it bothered me. And it was something that I got in trouble for. And I told my guides, I mean, I literally told my guides, shut up and go away. I don't want this. I'm not having any of this. This makes me weird. I'm going to get in trouble for this. I got plenty enough trouble with other stuff. No, none of this intuitive stuff, please. And I fought my intuitive ability and and stumbled over it. And it would keep coming up to bite me in the behind over and over and over again until I was in my early 40s. And when I was in my early 40s, there was a kind of a, a chain of events that led to me realizing that I needed to be willing to work with my intuition to look at square in the face and have a real relationship with it that I wasn't going to be able to hide from this anymore or else I'd go nuts. Wasn't, wasn't going to be good. And as my intuition started to come back online, when I started to accept it and work with it again, what happened was that I found that I was primarily receiving intuitive information through clairvoyance. Clairvoyance means clear seeing. It means that if you call for reading and you ask me a question, I am usually seeing something in my mind's eye that my guides show me. I might see a color I might see um, a word written on a piece of paper that I'm supposed to read out. Sometimes when people are asking me questions about, about past or future happenings, my guide will show me something that looks like a, uh, like a scrapbook that I can flip forward and back through so that we can move through time and I can see that way. So I primarily receive intuitive information clairvoyantly. I also am clairaudient, which means that clairaudient means clear hearing. I When I am in session with someone, especially with someone who is also clairaudient, and we all have intuitive abilities, whether we know it or not, or work with them or not, um, especially when I'm with someone who's tuned to sound, I receive from my guides uh, th- things that I can hear. They might say a name, they might say a phrase. It's not like hearing someone from outside of me speak. So it's not like it's my voice in my head and then hello, I'm your guide, tell them I said baguette or whatever it is. It isn't like that. It is it's still kind of in my voice, but it it feels different. It sounds different. It resonates in a different way, and that's I can't describe it much better than that. And I know it's coming in from my guides, and because I've put so much practice into becoming an intentional channel. I put so much practice into intentionally getting out of the way and letting spirit speak through me. When I receive something clairaudiently like that, I pass it right through. So I pass it right through to the person who's speaking to me. The third way that I receive intuitive information is that I am empathic. And I often speak with people who are experiencing extreme emotion, whether that's extreme happiness or extreme sorrow or confusion and I can, through opening myself up to them intuitively, I can tap into their feelings not to feel them myself and take them on myself. That's not a super healthy thing to do, but I can tap into their feelings enough to be able to reflect those feelings back to the person to help them understand those feelings better. And also to get some information from my guides about what's behind this feeling. Let's say this feeling of betrayal. What's behind this feeling of betrayal? What other circumstances, what past history or injury, what energetic things are going on that might, make that person, uh, that might make that feeling of betrayal feel especially amplified. So when I am receiving intuitive information, I receive clairaudiently, clairvoyantly, and I would say clairsentiently, clear feeling like an empath does. And those are my big three. When I work with someone intuitively, if you call me for a session When we connect, I'm very mindful about opening a space for connection. And as you and I are opening up that space, I just do it with a quick prayer. As we're opening that space, I'm asking my guides, not just to help me bring the highest and the best guidance I can through to you, or if I'm reading for myself, for myself, looking at whatever question, but I'm also asking my guides to please use me and use my intuition and use my voice and use my words and use my thoughts in the way that is in the service of the highest good of the person that I'm reading for. And sometimes that might mean that my guides bring through intuitive information in other ways. They might bring through intuitive information through sensation in my physical body, So a a body part feeling tight or tingling. They might bring in intuitive information through smells. That's called clairalliance. Um, A friend of mine (laughs) calls it smellience, which I like the best. They might bring that information in through smell. Sometimes when someone talks to me about a situation or a person, I can smell that something's off with them. It's a little stinky. And sometimes, although this is quite rare through the sense of taste, that's clairgustance. So because I try to open myself up to all the ways, always safely and always with the highest protection, but I try to open myself to all the ways I can receive intuitive information. I sometimes get it in other ways than those big three. So I hope that's, I hope that answers the question. It's, kind of related to the next question that says, what kind of information does the voice of your client reveal to you when you read? Um, I've said for years, and I still think it's the truest way to think about how I connect intuitively that I read from the energy of the voice. And I think what I mean is that I am trying to tap into with all that intentionality i just got done discussing open me up let me connect in the way that's the best that when i hear someone's voice and i'm it feels sometimes like like surfing the sound of their voice like the sound waves surfing on those waves and because of the importance of the intention of the caller the question that they ask why we came together what energy they bring to our meeting and the energy and intentionality that i bring to my side of the meeting when I am reading from someone's voice, I sometimes hear more than just the question that they're asking me. And my goal in this work is always to get to what I think of as the question behind the question. Uh, fortune telling is a fun slumber party game, I guess. And it's okay for entertainment. Real intuitive connection can help us get into all the layers that are around and above and behind the questions that we have and the situations that we experience in our life. So when I am reading someone's voice, I'm reading their intention, I'm reading their question, and I'm also trying to feel into what is the question behind the question as as I look at whatever it is that they brought Now, this is a good time to say that you are listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager. This is a special year-end step into my office mailbag show. You can always find out more about me and what I'm up to at karenhager.com or find me on social media where I'm Fog City Psychic. Someone wrote in to say, as an intuitive, how do you just let go and let God or source handle things? especially as an intuitive, when you can accurately look ahead and see where things are heading or feel that the energy is swirly or thick and not what you need to focus on. How do you let go and let God? It's an interesting question because I believe that part of our intuition, and we've all got intuition, um, part of our intuitive ability is to see into possibilities and not always to see into certainties. So when we look at stuff as seeing into possibilities, that gives us room to change, to move, to be flexible, to shift our path. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons that we drop into these bodies with intuitive gifts, because we can see into possibilities and then we can change them. So the questioner says, when you can accurately look ahead and see where things are heading, I agree with that, I understand what you're getting at there, but because I'm intuitive, I also know that what I see ahead is something I can be aware of, and now I've got a choice about what I'm gonna do with it. How am I gonna respond to that information? So I don't see the things I look at intuitively as being set in stone. And a a big part of what I believe and how I teach and this whole thing that I've built here, what I do with the podcast, is about trying to empower people to understand that they control their paths, that that you have a deeper connection with spirit than you know. You have a deeper connection with the practicalities of your life than you know. You have more power to shift your response, to make a difference. You have more power in, a, in your fingertip, the tiniest part of you, than you are aware of and connecting with your intuition, being in a spiritual path, intentionally doing something every day, spiritual practice helps you remember your possibilities that you have. And so when I look ahead as an intuitive, it's really hard for me to give up control because I have been accused of being bossy. Hmm. Um, and being, and being a little bit controlling and certainly as a wife, as a parent, as a person in the world, I try to work on that in myself. So it's hard for me to let go and let source handle something because I'm a human being and I, and I grab at stuff all the time, but I also know that it's safer for me, better for me, wiser for me to see what I see, to know what I know, and to let spirit move through me and show me the possibilities. That's just a much more healthy way of working with the situation. There's a way of teaching about a way of thinking about let go and let God that says, well, there's nothing you can do, throw up your hands. It's in God's hands. Now you got to offer it up. And while I honor that, I believe there's always some shift that we can make. Maybe it's very small, maybe it's at an energetic level. I know we can't change another person. And I know that there are some events that can't be changed, but us, us from our perspective, we can always flow and change and move with events. We can always be empowered to see into the possibilities to change our response to our relationship with whatever is happening. I've also been shown things intuitively, told things with deep certainty that I've carried for years that have turned out not to be true. You might have heard me say on this program before, from the time I was, gosh, a teenager, maybe younger than that, I knew intuitively that I was going to pass when I was 50 years old. And that was fine um, when I was a teenager. But as I got closer and closer to the age of 50, I, I got a little bit scared. And that's one of those things where you might say, well, you know, you have this knowing you're going to have to just let go and spirit, take take charge of it. I didn't want to take charge of it. I was scared of it. And there was nothing I could do as it as it turned out. I turned 50. And that was a scary birthday. And then I turned 51, 52. As I speak to you now, I'm 56. I'm about halfway between 56 and 57. And I'm still here. And I asked an astrologer friend of mine about that. And he was looking at my chart and everything. And what he said was, well, I can see how you might have known that as a possibility. And I can see in your chart where there was an opportunity for you to step out. But what you missed was that you didn't choose to step out. There was more for you to do. You made choices in your life that shifted that that shifted that timeline. So I think that's how I'd answer that question. What is uh, Mary writes in? What is your number one tip for remaining positive? Um, my number one tip for remaining positive that thing I always say at the end of the show, right? We're Generating more light and more light is always a good thing. Remaining positive doesn't mean you don't feel the darkness, that you don't feel the sorrow, that you don't feel the pain. Remaining positive means that you're always holding, like I'm imagining if, if you took your hands and cupped it over a candle flame, that you're always holding and protecting that little light that's inside of you that intuitive flame, that connection with spirit that can never, ever, ever be blown out. And so remaining positive doesn't mean you're always happy or it's always fun or you're always smiling. It doesn't mean you don't feel things, but remain, remaining positive means that you intentionally remember who you are, try to remember as much as you can why you're here, and remember that you can always raise your vibration. When I get Really down. Some of you guys know I have a hilarious physical body. There's a question in that. I'll get to that if I have time. Um, I have a h- hilarious physical body. So in my lifetime, I've had a more than my fair share of physical pain. I don't, I'm not always smiling and laughing through that, but I do remember that I can raise my vibration. And so I stay positive by doing things that make me laugh, or I try to make someone else laugh. I remember to breathe. Always, no matter how deep physical pain or emotional pain or uncertainty or anxiety might be, I try to remember to breathe. I try to remember that I can step back and get some distance. I also stay positive because I love to learn. And so when I find myself getting really down, when things seem really dark, I read a book or take a class or talk to someone new. And it reminds me that the world is bigger and broader. There's always more there than I can see around me. And those are some of the ways that I stay positive. I love to move my physical body. I like to eat delicious food. You guys already know I'm crazy about knitting. So I'm always doing something with yarn. I love jigsaw puzzles. I love mystery novels. I love my wife and my kids. Um, I love, Pepper the dog, may she rest in peace, but the love of a good pet is fantastic for helping you stay positive. So those are some of the things I do. Just remember that staying positive doesn't mean "Mm, I am always laughing or smiling. When we try to hold an energetic attitude, that's the opposite of how we feel. When we try to hold that opposite, it always creates friction. It creates contrast and trying to pretend to be happy or feeling like you should be happy, or you should be expressing it in a certain way, when you don't feel that way, oh, that's damaging to your energetic system. Always better to feel how you feel, and then stop and see how you can um, how you can raise the vibration. I'm just looking, I think we've got about five minutes left here. Um, let me talk about briefly, somebody wrote in and said, is there a connection between physical and spiritual wellness? And I apologize to the person who emailed that in. I'm, I'm pulling that out of a much bigger question. Is there a connection between physical and spiritual wellness? So every, every physical issue has an energetic component. And it's also true that, that our physical being isn't the only measure of the learning and the work that we do here in earth school. The, our physical body can sometimes reflect the energetic choices we're making, and they can sometimes, our bodies can be a reflection of what we value. So if I value donuts over movement, for example, my physical body will reflect that. But I don't believe, and here's why I disagree with a lot of other teachers, I don't believe that physical illness or injury means you're doing something wrong or that there's something wrong with you. Sometimes the mechanical parts of our physical body need rest or replacement, which has been the case for me this year, or a different kind of nourishment or movement or whatever that is. Sometimes we get viruses or we, I don't know, cut our hand or something happens to the mechanics of our physical body. And allowing ourselves to rest to take care of ourselves allowing our bodies to be as they are meeting them where they are right now that's the first step toward greater health in all aspects physical mental emotional and spiritual like i said before with that question about positivity when you try to fight against what is I should be in perfect physical health at all times. I am not in phys- I'm not in perfect physical health that means there's something wrong with me. When you try to fight that fight, when you punish yourself like that, it creates friction that leads to more dissonance body, mind and spirit. Another way to to look at your body is to love it as a part of you. And change, change energetically or physically, the things that you that you feel you can change, but please meet yourself with great compassion where you are. If you hear a teacher tell you that if you were doing it right, or if you were on the spiritual path, that you would be in perfect health, that you would never be ill, that you would never have injuries. If you meet a teacher who says that they are in perfect health, and are never ill or tired or cranky, that they never had in, have injuries, please stop and really reflect about whether that teaching feels true to you. Part of the paradox of being here is that we are limitless, immortal children of the divine. And we are, I believe, through our choice here now in earth school, in these bodies that are limited, mortal, and subject to all the indignities of chronological time. We age, things sag and drop off and other things grow on. And how is it, how can it be true that we are immortal and limitless and spiritual? And at the same time, things sag and and drop off. We fall over. We get sick. The point of me being in a body in this time, as I understand it, isn't to try to transcend my body. It's to live with the body to integrate the pieces of this puzzle, the physical and the spiritual parts of that paradox to have the fullest experience of this life as I can and to and to be able to learn as much about myself and other people as I can. I'm just looking at the time and I've got, I think I've got time for one more. What's the quickest way to reconnect with intuition when it feels like I've been hiding from it for so long? oh man, do I really, I, oh, can I relate to that one? You never lose your guides. You never lose your intuition. You never lose your connection with spirit. You can't, not possible. You can look away, you can forget, you can walk away. You can kind of try to like, you know, cover it all up with muck so that you can't see it anymore. Yeah, we do that all, we do that all the time. But the quickest way to reconnect with your intuition is to, is to remember that it's yours that it isn't something from outside of you, it comes from inside you, it comes from your connection with spirit. To reconnect quickly, stop, listen, even if you're just listening to the sounds of the room around you, listen to the sounds of your body, take a breath, take a drink of water, feel the water moving down your throat into your body, say to yourself something like, I am here, in this place, in this body, in this time, I'm here. And guides, I welcome you. Intuition, I welcome you. Health, I welcome you. Freedom, I welcome you. Joy, I welcome you. I am here, and I am open. That intentional listening, opening to spirit, is the fastest, safest way to connect, reconnect, with your intuition that i know of don't ever be afraid to listen to yourself and listen to your own intuition use discernment as you would with anything else when you're deciding what to believe what to act on of course use your discernment but never be afraid to listen now i know that we're just up at the end of our time just as i am here and i'm open and i'm i welcome intuition. I'm here also in deep gratitude for you, for all of you who have been listening to this podcast. I think we've been on the air certainly more than 10 years. I think it's, gosh, been maybe 13, 14 years that this show's been on the air in one form or another. Thank you for your listening, for the email that you send me, um, for the funny things you post in, in my social media. Thank you for being here. And my prayer for you as we move into the new year, is that you find yourself fully present in the deepest kind of wellness, the safest, best, holiest kind of listening as we move into the year ahead. Now then. My website's KarenHager.com, and you can always connect with me there. My email address, Karen at KarenHager.com. I welcome you in my inbox. On social media, I'm Fog City Psychic, and that's a great place to see what I'm up to. And don't be shy about letting me know what you're up to, too. Thank you for listening today. Together, we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time. I'm wishing you peace.